Thank you, Muzaffar, for being here. We know that you have a, an extensive experience in the last 20-something uh, years. We're not going to say exactly how much. Uh, so we don't give your age um, very easily. Um, we, uh, I would like to, with you to start, ask you about whatever ha is happening at the macro level, whatever is happening now around the world. We're hearing about the crunch. We're hearing about... Uh, things and what do you think this is the effect? Uh, this would affect the UAE uh, in, in particular or is the GCC in general? Okay, uh, thank you, Sadiq, for the intro. Let's start with a, a bit of a, a macro picture. Um, I mean, the world today is suffering from uh, shocks, extraordinary shocks, i.e., the war on Ukraine, inflation disruption of supply chains, China being fully locked down, major production and um, a major production unit for the world also uh, shut down. So there is a lot of uh, blockages, shall we say, in the system. And on top, you have the Federal Reserve of the United States trying to tame a, a global inflation that is really, uh, you know, the likes that we haven't seen since the uh, since the 80s and the 70s. So, from a macro perspective, the situation looking forward, especially in the next three months to 18 months, and if you follow all economic indicators, we seem to be going into a recessionary environment. That is clear. What is not clear is how deep that recession will, uh, will be. It could be a soft landing. It could be a severe recession, uh, etc. Now, this is the macro picture. And, and the GCC, of course, is part of the, of the world. And, and I think the delinking... Um, thesis that we had in 2008 where the world was being in a recession and and we were here thinking i was in private equity at the time and we were looking at the investments and we were we thought that there there is a good chance that we will be somehow delinked from the shocks in the in the world and we will not as you recall at the time everyone suffered in the gcc so for the region, we have some buffers. So the buffers are as follows. Um, I mean, recently we've been, before COVID, the oil was up, then COVID went down, then we, we are now, we've been on a, on a high end for oil for the last period. And this has created, obviously, uh, governments being able to increase budgets, to have buffers, in general, here the the region the the the, um, uh, the debt levels are are not high. Uh, plus, in the re the region is opening up significantly. So, I mean, the UAE obviously has been open up, etc. But Dubai today is unlike 15 years ago. We are becoming, you know, like Singapore at the, from that perspective. Saudi Arabia is just a, a, a huge power that is being unleashed, uh, large population, high oil, opening up, 
huge projects, etc. So while we are going into a recessionary world, I believe we're not delinked for sure, but I believe we have a very good shock absorbers going into uh, going into 2023. So, so uh, that's yeah. that's what I see. I um, I think so. I mean, we have both witnessed. I mean, I have witnessed personally living in UAE and uh, the GCC for so long that the government have always been prepared and were always able to find solution to weather these things. Um, the big question is, okay, so this is happening around the world. We're coming out from a an era where money was in abundance, investments were a bit easy between the brackets. Um, so now how can businesses that are already now operating, whether this storm being a, a, a heavy storm or a mild storm or a, a small storm or a small, a small wind, how can the businesses, what should businesses do to weather this change that's happening? So, so first of all, before what they do, let's talk about the, the, the direct and most obvious impacts that probably everybody is, is suffering from or is experiencing. So first of all, you, you have part of, your, uh, part of your cost structure. Everything is, is in an inflationary uh, uh, drive, if you will, whether it's your energy costs, your utilities, if you, have, if you are in a business that has... Uh, Food as as part of your cost structure. This is uh, this is going up. Everybody who has any type of leverage, any type of bank interest, bank loans, whether they're term loans, whether they're working capital facilities, are being also affected by an increase in uh, uh, in interest rates. So this effect on cost structure creates also a a a retrenchment of businesses so people want to spend less cash people are hoarding cash and that creates also a, a liquidity crunch within the business uh, within the business environment if you will so going into this environment the fitter you are the better you are going to be able to face this this uh, this this environment shall we say um and Cost cutting is something that businesses should be doing all the time anyway. Uh, they should be always trying to operate as efficient as possible. But in many cases, I've seen this in, in my private equity career, whereby we, we used to look at companies all the time, our, the portfolio companies, companies that we wanted to get into, uh, the companies that I ran recently, plus uh, at at where I'm at today uh, at Royal Catering, you always see that people are not they forget about cost cutting and and things start to become to fatten up. So at this stage, if if we haven't done so, it is with high importance. It's very critical that people engage on cost cutting programs across the organization just to create these buffers uh, on the margins on the cash flows etc it's it's extremely important uh, second aspect on the business level is managing your cash so 
the bloodline of any business is cash. And when there is no cash, there is no blood and there is no business, etc. So really being aggressive on receivable collections, um, on, uh, on pushing suppliers out and ensuring that there are cash buffers to weather the, the, any shocks. Um, and if there are um, opportunity to increase credit, bank credit facilities, not the usage, but the credit facilities itself, just in case you get a shock that you're not able to, to collect on time, etc. You need cash to come in uh, uh, to help you. It's not great because the interest rates are high, but sometimes, you know, you, the tough measures it's a good buffer. have to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, this is, in some instances and in some industries, companies, for whatever reason, their, their business model, their cost structure, could be even though we are going into a, doing well now, doing very well but this is a great opportunity to use the crisis to use the upcoming crisis to cut the fat this is much easier uh, for internal reception as well because people understand that we are going into a recessionary environment so you know you can now as we say rip the band-aid and and do the restructuring that you might wanted to do a year ago yeah yeah look i've, I've seen a lot that Companies sometimes good results hide bad habits, but high cost, uh, bad processes. Uh, so there is a lot to hide when you have a, a good good results and good high high revenue that's coming because of the boom or the upward trend. Um, but now you were saying okay, cutting cost, cutting cost. Um, when I talk to various business owners or or CEOs of businesses being medium to, to large businesses, most of them, probably 99% of the times, I hear that, but we have already cut the fat. So what can we do now? There, there is no fat in, in my organization. I have seen, I have, I make sure that all costs are, are um, approved well by me. They're really, uh, I'm being very, I'm very cost, cost conscientious. So what do you think if they, if they are in this, uh, in this frame of mind. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, cost cutting and austerity measures, whether you're doing it on a governmental level or on a company level, are always uh, uh, not popular. Not only from um, from from the from the management and the perspective, they are. You know, you're going into bonuses. You're going into into. Uh, an easing of environment uh, into more of a, an, a, a, a retrenchment environment. So people do it, but uh, what I have seen over and over, so I've, I've restructured across multiple industries, multiple companies in the region. So I've done construction, I've done aviation, I've done logistics, um, I've done business services, and, and now for the last three years, as you know, I've been running a, a large catering company. When you start to do cost cost cutting and, and restructuring, you do you come, you go in, and you 
comb through the organization in, in one swoop and you arrive at a certain result. And at that stage, you say, all right, I've done my cost restructuring. I'm, I'm done. But chances are, and, and that chance I can say it to you with high confidence, that you have not, so it's just the first comb. You can stop at that phase, see where you are, and if you've done really, really well, you can do 5 to 10% more on another round of restructuring. So I've seen, I've done it in, I mean, you, you recall uh, at Royal Catering when we brought you guys in and why did we bring you as guys in since I consider myself, I mean, with, with no, with trying to be humble, I consider myself a, an expert in restructuring and cost cutting. We brought you in for a reason, which we can, we can discuss later on if you, if you wish. But the, the point is, We've done the cost restructuring over four phases. So phase one was major and you get the most bang for the buck, if you will. And then you hold a little bit, you see what's what, and you realize that, hmm, no, I can, I can do more. So you don't want to cut through the bone, but you really want, especially if you want to go into that. I mean, you're going into a fight, right? And when you go into a fight, you want to be as lean as possible with as little fat as possible. You don't want to be a bit chubby. So you, you need to do it in phases for, for leaders who, have, who, who think that they've done what they can. Uh, uh, for sure, there is more to, be, more to be seen. And in cases like this, you might, maybe I'll segue into what you have helped me with. So in cases like this, you need outside experts and business leaders to come in who are not living day-to-day, the day-to-day business with you and look at it from a fresh pair of eyes and see where things can be done and work with you as a team to execute it. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the answer is, the answer is you can, you can do much more than what you think you can do okay so you didn't think yeah you you didn't bring us uh, guys on board just to be the bad guys well (laughs) in in some some instances it's a a few it's a few things first of all when you are doing it uh, uh, yourself there is an element of uh, a perceived element of subjectivity within the workforce um, when you bring outside people who are essentially uh, uh, who are essentially less vested or they have less relationships within the the organization, people in the organization perceive them as objective, and the buy-in is increased. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is important. And yes, you can say you know I remember when we wanted to you know. Uh, do, recommend bonuses and structures, etc. I knew what I wanted to do, but I said that, you know, Zeder is going to do a, a, a benchmarking here and, and we're going to go with what, with, with what Zeder recommends. 
And people did not like some of the recommendations, but it's much easier for them to not like you and then you leave <laughs> and then I stay with, uh, uh, with it. Uh, but but I think I think the the most important part is and, and also here you want to bring people who are not called or, I mean they're called consultant me consultants maybe because they are on a on a periodic project to come in and help you but the last thing you want is people who come in in suits and ties and and look at the business and do a present a PowerPoint presentation and you know and just leave you with a with a deck and and there is nothing basically i've i mean i've worked with consultants throughout my life and when we were buying companies and and studied them and in many instances you know they they borrow your watch and tell you what time it is yeah. and this is not yeah. what you want you want lead business leaders who are who are in execution form who come in and think as a business owner with you rather than you know traditional consultants i don't want to mm. name the you know big consultant firms, but I'm sure everybody knows who they are. Yeah. With all with all due respect, yeah, all mm -hmm. um, half of my friends work with these A A grade companies. <laughs> um, the irony is uh, just to mention that when we started Zender 12 years ago, is we started because we had difficulties working with consultants and finding the right ones who are able to really. Uh, uh, get down with us on the ground and do the work and, and not as you said uh, borrow your watch and and uh, and say nicely how uh, what time it is um so when we say transformation cost cutting you know changes all of these most of the people start thinking that this includes the c-suite or the first level or the senior type of people in the business is this true or is it, what do you think? Um, I view companies as an organism, as a, a an organism that has, well, an organism doesn't have different organs with it because it's one organism. <laughs> but, but, and that's, that's a bit, a bit of a trick here. But I see really as the companies as one being, so, so, so okay. shall we say, that have, different parts um, and all these parts are very much interlinked right and I'm not talking about and this is really something you need to go a little bit philosophical here but it's people within the organization that are all interlinked from a culture from a thought perspective from all of that and the departments and the cash flow and everything is, is, uh, is interlinked so doing Executing any type of change program, whether it is a cost-cutting program, whether you want to change, you don't have to. I mean, by the way, now we're talking, we're talking about cost-cutting because we're starting, you know, in, in the beginning talking about the macro and the recessionary world. But it could be strategic pivoting. You know, we are we are actually in a great economic environment, but we have competition that is coming in. We need to transform what we're doing, etc. Any type of change program, i.e., cost-cutting. Strategic Introducing new revenue stream, finding new uh, small niches, small pivots here and there. Thinking of, of doing an M&A with another company, whatever it is. Any type of, of, uh, of program needs, the, the, the highest level of success for this needs the largest buy-in within this 
organization. Okay. The more, the higher the buy-in you have, the better chances for it to be successful. Well, I mean, what we're saying is very logical, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, and and the the top player is the agent of change. They are the one who are going to introduce the change to the rest of the organization. So, w- what you want to do is definitely you don't want it to stop at the C-suite. You mm. want to include the generals. So the the c-suite and the directors shall we say of the organization so call it you know three c-suites and and maybe 10 uh, directors across different verticals etc these guys need to be really in one uh, one uh, uh, one movement yani they need to steer the ship in in all of them in in one direction for everybody else to to row in that direction. So the, it's not with the C-suite. It, the, the upper layer has to have, has to know all the details for a proper buy-in and so that they are answer the questions uh, internally and externally. Uh, now, for the rest of the organization, they need to know exactly what's going on so that there is buy-in and they don't uh, fight it. But obviously, the reality is that the, a lot of people on the organizations, when these things happen, regardless if you communicate with them or not, there is going to be a small level or a high level of panic, of demotivation, uh, morale issue, and all of that. They don't care if the, if the C-suite told me that we're going to cut costs by 20 and 30%. What they care is, am I going to be of the 20 or 30% or, or not? So how do you balance the executing the change uh, led by the C-suite and the directors with bringing on as much people as possible and keeping them motivated? And while you let people go, because you might have to, it has to be in a measured approach. It has to be properly communicated. And people need to live with dignity and respect. And the people who remain on board will remember that at that time, the, this company treats its people with dignity and respect, even in a time of, of serious change. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. And um, that's why I, um, uh, so many times we try to do the change as quickly as possible, not to really drag in, in for for few months because the morale will go down. <clears throat> so we go, we 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 plan the change, then we do it quickly, and then we we announce and we communicate that it's done, it's it's it, it's ended. The, the 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 big wave came and took whatever it needs to take, and now we're gonna sail again. And this will, will help that the morale doesn't go uh, as down as it needs. Now, having done that so many times, if I would ask you, what would be your number one recommendation for businesses that they need to, uh, to do some successful changes? I think I, think I, I hinted on my number one, 
And I think you hinted on your number one. Uh, and they're both super high on the agenda. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are others. But, uh, but I, I really think that, uh, that buy-in is extremely important. You, you need people to buy into uh, whatever change you are going to do for it to be uh, successful. So that would be... Now, how do you get buy-in is, is another yeah. story. Uh, but one speed also is. Uh, I mean, I, this that's now you know your number one. But if I may jump on your <laughs> on your number one as well, speed of <laughs> speed of uh, of execution, mm-hmm. and that includes fast decision making and having a very clear plan to execute and a timely plan to execute. So, if I were to to not you know, it's a if we want to call it the number one, is a plan that has buy-in, timeliness, and de- efficient decision-making. So really having a, a super plan that has these elements. Okay. Okay. Um, we're um, Last questions. We're 30 minutes um, Someone is, wants to embark into a change, into especially implementing the, the, some changes, improvement. What mindset would you recommend a person to go into such such a um, an exercise? Non-emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, uh, the, the 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 I think the strongest concept in uh, in business is uh, ownership so when you own something whatever it is you are going the chances are the decisions that you make are going to be the best for that something whether that something is a, a company is a house that you own etc so infiltrating the or, or permeating the concept of business ownership as much as possible throughout the organization is is something that that I think needs to be done for what we said was number one to work so example in 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 the last in the last restructuring that I've done, I've brought all the directors and and I've told them something that's that's very simple. I said, look, I need you to think of your department as your own little company. Now, in the in the in in advanced compensation structures especially in the West, and, and some people brought this here, you know, the concept of ESOP plans and, um, and the stock option plans so that people of the organization yeah. get aligned with shareholders is something that has been done and done uh, uh, across. And people have been trying to implement this for a reason here or link the performance linked bonuses etc for all all of these reasons 
So when you when I brought the directors in, I told them you need to go and think of your department as your own company. Please go take a week and come back to me with what would you do if I gave you the ownership of this full department? What would you do exactly and how will you uh, uh, change it? How will you improve it? What will you do given the environment that we are going in? Obviously knowing, so I'm C-suite, I'm knowing that I'm telling everyone that we need to be fitter and cost conscious, etc. as we go in. So having people think in, in, a, in an owner's mindset, if you are able to do that as a leader and instill this mindset within the organization, you will get much higher results uh, uh, than what you can otherwise. And if you are able to link the success of what you want to implement uh, to the people's success, then you are you actually concretize, concretize this uh, this um, uh, this feeling. So you know we you need to you need to spread the wealth to create wealth. If yeah. you have projects that are that are that have that have uh, that are tough that need timelines that need uh, uh, execution, etc. Why not link compensations to cert to certain benchmarks, etc. So that people think like you as a business owner. The CEO needs to think like the shareholders and the shareholders. Then every then you don't have an agency problem, and everybody thinks the same, and you drive right. towards the same goal. Yeah, everybody talks about alignment, 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 but uh, few just really actually are able to really uh, move and align everyone uh, on the, in the same direction. Um, okay, um, I think we've, we've yeah, we're, we're like five minutes a little bit. Um, uh, we extended five minutes on the time. Um, I just want to to share, to, to tell uh, everyone that whatever we're talking, we're talking about mainly small and medium-sized businesses, right? Uh, probably in corporates, it, the, the lift is a bit heavier and uh, corporates can, will need definitely external help working with the, 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 the high end or, or the, the change management, uh, the big change management uh, groups like ProSci, for example, or anything. This is because it's, the spread is too big. But whenever we're talking about small and medium-sized businesses that has nice business model, a good revenue, things can be done in a, in a, simpler way and uh, and more uh, efficient and and uh, speedy in and much speedier way thank you muzaffar thank you mozi for all the time it was a pleasure and um, just to to finalize in case there are any subjects that you would like to um, us as at zeder to talk about if you would like uh, any specific person to come and talk about something also we'll be happy to do that or, or subjects, just DM us, and then uh, we will be able uh, DM us about your uh, uh, challenges that you're facing, current challenges, or um, or expected challenges, 
and uh, definitely will be able to find uh, uh, someone or something, an experienced person who can share some information about that. Thank you, uh, everyone. Thank you, Muzi. Uh, have a great day and uh, great evening, actually.